Here-we-go-loopy-loo Here-we-go-loopy-light Here-we-go-loopy-loo All on a Saturday night Hello, this is Luby with Luby's Lullabies podcast. I'm going to continue today with a little bit more, because I thought it might be quite good, of The Safe House by Louise Mumford. So I'm looking at chapter two, and let's have a little read, shall we? A demon lived in Esther's chest. It squeezed her lungs, and she heard that two familiar wheeze. Water dripped down her bedside cupboard from the glass she had knocked over and she thought to herself that she would need to wipe that up before Mother saw it. But then her windpipe collapsed to a thin straw and no matter how hard she tried to suck in a breath, she couldn't get enough air. Panic bubbled. She knew that all she had to do was stagger or crawl over to the inhaler somewhere on her dressing table and in a few puffs a blessed ease would spread through her chest. She'd done it before, she could do it again. Breathe, breathe. This is why she did not leave the house. The air was cleaner here amongst the trees in their hillside bunker, but cleaner did not mean clean. Not for her, not any more. The demon in her chest spent much of its time dozing because of the carefully filtered air that was pumped around the house. As she got older, Esther appreciated the time and planning that had gone into their home. Everything from the backup filtration system, run by a generator to the tubs that grew fresh vegetables and the water supply pipe from the nearby well. The house kept her demon drowsy. Out there, it would wake up. The concept of out there was quite a hazy one. Esther had to admit, built on the old film she watched, none of them dated beyond the millennium. She knew the world had moved on since then. The thing was, she also knew that she would never be able to move on into it. Not now, with its polluted skies that would make her demon roar into life with glee. Stumbling, she gripped onto her bedside, uh, bedspread, bunching it into her fist, the whole thing sliding off, dragging Mr Whiffles with it, until he was almost touching her nose. Then, somehow, she was on the floor. But that was okay, because she could pull herself up to the table and grab it if anything, uh, would st- if everything would stop spinning, and the straw that passed for her windpipe would soon loosen up a little. There was nothing to fear. Oh, but there was. The demon pressed down on her, squatted on her chest, put its clammy lips around her windpipe, and then bit down hard. She heard birdsong. Fake. Esther's mother sometimes played ambient noises to stop the silence taking hold. The birds had been some of the first to go, she'd told her, even in the countryside. Away from them, from the superitan heart of the city, though there were breeding programmes to protect what was left. In captivity, of course. The skies were no place for them now, even though Esther had seen shapes in the distance every so often, wheeling and graceful smudges in the sky. There were still people out there. Esther knew it wasn't some sort of B-movie, apocalyptic wasteland beyond their door because people were like parasites. Her mother told her they survived anything, even poisoning their own air. It was the poor innocent creatures that suffered the worst, the animals, the children. Cities limped on, as did the people, their lungs blackening with each breath. That is why mother had built this place for her. The house purred. It had better lungs than Esther. The beautifully engineered air conditioning and filtration system that kept the air inside at optimum purity. And it had roots. 
a series of storage tunnels underneath that led that held everything that two people might ever need. Esther swung out her arm and swiped for the inhaler. Her hand grasped nothing. It was not on her dressing table. She needed to think. Where had she put it before she went to bed the night before? But thinking was becoming difficult. And it was those moments that she was closest to her father. A hero, her mother told her. A man who had lost his life saving others. Her mental picture of him had, over the years, shrunk to photograph size, bordered white. A man forever stilled in a dozen or so poses, next to a tree, holding a hat, pushing the hair out of his face. Esther couldn't remember what that hair smelled like, or whether the skin on his hand was rough or smooth, or what he looked like when he wasn't frozen in a smile. She might not have known those things about her father, but she knew how he must have felt as he died saving those other people from a fire that then killed him, choking for a breath that wouldn't come. Frankly, as mementos went, she would have preferred a pocket watch or something. I, I, she tried out the words. The cuddly whale gazed back at her, unblinking, his stitching a little looser now than, than it was 16 years ago, like everyone's. My inhaler, she tried again. Well, how am I meant to see that from here? She grumbled, she grumbled for him in her head. I've been lying on this bedspread for the best part of a week now, and all I've had a chance to see is your sock drawer. She had to admit Mr Whiffles had become more bad-tempered with age. Then she heard it, the blessed clacking sound that signalled rescue. Esther, a familiar voice, her mother, I'm here, I'm here, breathe. Esther pulled herself up like an old person as she took a puff, slumping around the dressing table leg as relief hit. Her breathing slowed and she pushed her hair away from her sweaty forehead. Thanks, Esther said, her voice hoarse. I nearly had it. There was a cool hand on her cheek as her mother's face loomed into view. It was on the floor by your bedside table. Lucky you have me, eh? Yes, she was. Every day, Esther reminded herself how grateful she was to her mother for this filtered air, for the house. Each breath made the demon in her chest smaller and sleepier until she could kid herself that it didn't exist at all. Ready? Her mother helped her up. Esther was. Ooh, I wonder what the next chapter will bring. I'll let you know, maybe, in my next podcast. And I want to just leave you with this thought. This is a thought by Voltaire. And he said, a very interesting uh, little uh, clip here, the more I read, the more I acquire, the more certain I am that I know nothing by Voltaire and never was a truer word said. So thank you for listening to me today. This is Luby at Luby's Lullabies podcast. Thank you.